Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 216 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. Carly, how have you been this week? I have been great. I just got back from Key West. If you are Uh, a Disney fan and a Disney food fan, uh, Shay Spence, one of the greatest in our community, got married to his lovely husband. It was the best wedding. Uh, Follow him on TikTok because he posts the most insane recipes. And it's like, I don't love to cook, but it makes me actually want to cook. (laughs) Uh, It was lovely. And I am now getting ready to head to Jollywood this week oh yes i am hyped uh nervous because i want to do everything you know if you saw the entertainment schedule it's wild what they're packing into one night yeah i uh i am very jealous um i can't wait to hear all about it um i am uh i'm packing for my trip to hong kong Uh, i will not be here next week uh um because I will be uh, in another continent. Uh, but I'll be sure to tell you all about that uh, when I get back. Uh, I did have a little taste of Disney this week. Um, I, I made a final visit for, to the uh, Food and Wine Festival at Epcot uh, last night. Um, and uh, I got to say, the uh, the hidden gem of uh, the Food and Wine Festival is that Florida Blue Lounge in the Moroccan mm-hmm. Pavilion, tucked way in the back. No one knows about it. Um, it's a gorgeous room. Uh, there are free drinks. If you get there in time, you get a free wristband for the concert, the, the beat concert. And I gotta say, um, Sheila E, uh, a percussionist and a singer who performed with Prince back in the day, absolutely killed it. That was the liveliest concert I think I've ever seen in American gardens, like everyone up on their feet, um, her, you know, jumping off the stage out into the audience. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, great show and a uh, good way to end uh, my food and wine season this year. Oh, yes. And now we can get ready for Candlelight where they have like knocked it out of the park. It's like half a list this year. It's really oh, yeah. an incredible lineup. Excellent lineup. And it's never, definitely going to be speaking of busy. Uh, last night was the night uh, I did not realize it before I showed up when the run Disney runners had their private after party in Epcot. Oh, yeah. So that was about the busiest I've seen uh, that park. The The line for the cheese soup at the Canada um, food and wine station literally stretched back and forth and around to the pavilion. I, I've never seen that in my life. Uh, <laughs> wow. I heard uh, Duffy had a really long, long line too, which no surprise there. <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. Well, uh, without any further ado, let us go ahead and jump right into the news in the queue. Well, you were just talking about meeting characters at Epcot. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you 
have a wish to meet the star of Disney's newest animated film. It is granted. You can meet Asha from Disney's Wish right now at Walt Disney World in Epcot. And very soon you'll be able to meet her in Disneyland. Uh, as of very November cool. 1st, she is now meet and greeting uh, right in her gazebo at uh, the edge of World Showcase. Pluto was uh, kicked to the curb. He's been sent over to the International Gateway. But uh, that little gazebo across from Disney Traders that's kind of um, uh, between heading towards the Odyssey and Mexico, uh, that is where you will find her. And you know what? I think that was actually where Duffy met way back in the day when he used to briefly mm -hmm. meet at Epcot. Yep. Yep. I it's think you are absolutely spot. right. Yeah. It's a great spot and you're probably going to want to line up early. Uh, she's going to be popular on her first day. Uh, she showed up around 9.30 a.m. and uh, she meets intermittently throughout the day she's got to take a break so uh you know she you might little yeah yeah you gotta you gotta invest a little bit of time um but you can check the my disney experience app on the day of your visit for the set times and uh on our youtube channel we have a full video of what the experience looks like very cool i haven't seen the movie yet obviously but i think i'll be hyped for this character experience once i do see it you know, yep. it's kind of hard to, like, it's sort of like the exorcist house at HHS. <laughs> I couldn't get into it because it, it came out before the movie. So yeah, you need to, like, you know, buy into it and then, yeah, I'll be down. Well, uh, if, if you aren't already hyped for Wish, um, you need a little backstory. Asha is a, an optimistic dreamer and the leader in the making. Uh, she cares about the people of Rosas and is proud to live in the kingdom of wishes. Uh, and she's excited to celebrate with everyone the warmth and wonder of her home. So uh, this is one of several characters that we've seen uh, come to Epcot lately. Uh, we got Figment returning mm -hmm. to Imagination Pavilion. Um, Mickey and Minnie have showed up uh, outside the or at the lobby of the Pixar Short Festival over in Imagination, and Moana is meeting outside her walk through the journey of water. Very exciting. Yeah, we're finally, uh, Epcot's coming back, you know? <laughs> yes, can't wait for the uh, construction walls to finally come down around the center of the park, hopefully uh, sometime uh, next few weeks, ready for the December crowds. Um, beginning November 22nd, if you are out in Anaheim, you can meet Asha at Disneyland Park in the Fantasy Fair area. She's going to be in the courtyard right outside of Royal Hall. And uh, if you show up after sunset, uh, it sounds like her friend Star is going to pop up to illuminate the area with a magical glow. Very cool. Yep. Very, very cool. Uh, so uh, the film uh, is... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Asha is also going to be uh, appearing at Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris uh, starting in late November, uh, but we don't have a specific date on that. Um, you can get a glimpse of her as one of the 543 Disney characters included in that short film that we've talked about, Once Upon a Studio. That's on Disney Plus right now, and uh, you can watch a link to the trailer to the film on our website. It does look very good. Yeah, um, it's, you know, they have uh, been leaning away from 
the more hand-drawn animation style in recent years. And I know this is probably a mix of hand-drawn and, and CGI because everything has some CGI involved mm -hmm. these days. But uh, I've really been digging the uh, films that have come out lately that are kind of a hybrid. Um, the new right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, um, uh, the Spider-Verse films uh, that kind of cross that barrier between computer-generated and hand-drawn. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, if nothing else, the art style of this film. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a really cool stylistic choice. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Ninja Turtles. That was so cool. Oh, watched that the yeah. other night. And oh, and I just love how, like, when there's light sources, the, uh, the, the, the god rays are, like, squiggly cartoon mm -hmm. lines. Like, someone hand drew on the on the frames i love it you did such a great job with it yeah um next up in disneyland uh we have a full look at the brand new adventureland treehouse uh i am sad that i just missed uh the opening of this uh officially opens to the public on november 10th um, but they've released uh some great walkthrough videos and lots of information about this uh, new version of the treehouse that goes back to the original version of the treehouse inspired by Walt Disney's Swiss Family Robinson. Yes, uh, November 10th is going to be a busy one. If you are attempting to go out there, it is also the kickoff of the holidays. Packed day in the park. Resort. Uh, there is incredible food. They released the foodie guide. So if you, <laughs> Godspeed and may the force Th be Thoughts here. and prayers to all those vloggers. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and everyone else, just give it, give it, give it a day right. or two. It'll still and be it's there. just, you know, that walkway over there is just so tight already. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's going to be like a massive Ugh, whatever you have to get through it's going to be crazy it, it will be a cluster but it, it will be not as bad as as it used to be because uh the biggest part of this project was removing the entrance which had been added when it was tarzan mm -hmm. uh, which was basically a giant tree trunk in the middle of the walkway uh that's gone um so uh the treehouse is a little bit more compact, but it's also gotten back uh, the water wheel, the working water wheel um, that powers um, all of these different gadgets that we see uh, throughout the treehouse as you walk up and down. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely, uh, I love all the different themed rooms. I think mm -hmm. the uh, father's room is the most interesting to me because he's like the inventor. So there's going to be all sorts of gadgets and gizmos and whatnot. So I think that's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, um, uh, apparently uh, dad is in charge of the kitchen, which is on the uh, ground floor. Um, so if you are uh, having issues with stairs, you can still uh, experience some of this, um, including uh, his art studio, his the kitchen that's got all sorts of automated gadgets. Um, and my favorite uh, part of this whole thing, which is Jane the ostrich. Yes. Uh, it's this animatronic ostrich. It's just the head and it's kind of behind a fence. But the the way it bobs around is so natural and so comical. Uh, it's uh, You got to check out the videos of this. Um, in addition, uh, like you mentioned, there's rooms upstairs uh, for the other family members. It is kind of interesting that they don't show any pictures of the family members and they don't give them any names. They're just mother, father, yes. son, and daughter. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that you can sort of put your own interpretation of what these folks uh, look like. Um, but uh, if you remember the original Swiss Family Treehouse and the Swiss Gapoka song that played 
nonstop. Nonstop. Uh, it's back. Uh, there is this really cool player piano, this organ in Mother's uh, music room that plays itself. Uh, Swiss Capoca all day, all night. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Can't stop it. <laughs> Uh, we've also got an astronomer's lot uh, loft for the daughter with her handmade telescopes. And that is where you're going to find the biggest reference to SEA, the mm -hmm. uh, Society of Explorers uh, and Adventures, which ties all the Disney uh, adventure lands together throughout the world. Um, I don't know if anyone has gotten a really like, you know, forensic close up, you know, Blade Runner style examination of what is on the text. But apparently there is a letter uh, from uh, a member of the SEA to the daughter. Um, so someone can uh, super zoom in on that and interpret that. Uh, I'm sure Disney geeks everywhere will be happy. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I love these touches, but they are, like you said, very subtle very easy oh, yeah. to miss it's always like a little writing on a box a letter yeah. on a wall somewhere bring uh, so bring really your bring your binoculars and your uh, yeah. you know <laughs> sherlock holmes uh, magnifying glass um i i do really love uh you know they're they're not a you know aa 1000s or you know whatever hondo naka is but the simple animatronics that they have uh especially this monkey that's swinging back and forth and and uh flipping the sign to say feed the monkey in the yeah. uh, brother's room with their collection of plants and animals that's really cute uh, a lot of you know nice kinetic things uh little details to notice um and you know i am always a big proponent that you know, yes, we need the e-tickets in the park. We need the big roller coasters, but parks need more C tickets and D tickets, little walk through exhibits, little things that soak up people, people take, yep. takes, you know, distract you. So you don't just feel like you're running from one queue to another queue for just one, you know, two minute ride. These are the kind of things that break up the day and provide those little memorable, intimate moments uh, that keep people coming back to a theme park as opposed to going to an amusement park and right. doing the rides once and leaving. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I mean, this took a long time, but I am really happy. <laughs> took twice long as long to make this, uh, to, to make the whole tree in the first place, to make the whole park in the first place. Practically. We're going to get Epic Universe first. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I'm glad they took their time and it looks great. Yeah, so, it looks uh, great. Bravo to the Imagineering team and I can't wait to see it in person. Um. In more Disney news, we've got new details for Luminous, the Symphony of Us at Epcot, which is the new nighttime spectacular debuting on December 5th. And I will say I am a little more excited for this show, having seen and heard uh, some concept art, uh, some samples of the music, and uh, having a breakdown of what the show is going to be about. Yes, uh, I kind of mentally tapped out of uh, nighttime spectaculars at Epcot, you know, after illuminations, reflections of earth, and then everything else that has come since. So it's hard to get me, you know, back into it. But when they did release some of the soundtrack, uh, love Catherine McPhee. Yes. You know, that got me a little, a little enticed. Yes. Catherine McPhee and singer songwriter uh, Shalia are two of the talents that are contributing to the soundtrack uh, which is going to include two brand new 
songs um, composed specifically for this, plus new arrangements of some classic Disney songs. And I'm telling you right now, I know exactly which part of the show is going to wreck me every single time. Um, you know, we've got an opening uh, about parenthood that includes You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan. Uh, we've got a romantic section with So Close from Enchanted. Um, nice to see Disney uh, given a nod to Enchanted. They mm -hmm. don't, uh... um, but then we've got the law section. And as soon as it gets to When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2, oh. I, I'm going to be. And then follow that up with Remember Me from Coco. Oh. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to be a wreck. I'm going to be a wreck. Uh, but luckily, we're going to uh, get uh, some I See the Light from Tangled to cheer everyone up and uh, a big original song finale uh, about the great symphony of life called Beating of Our Hearts. Um, yes, it's a pretty, pretty classic arc for a Steve Davidson production. If you know him, uh, he's in charge of uh, most of the big live entertainment productions you see at disney uh he got his start with light magic um and somehow survived that <laughs> and went on to do everything from wishes to uh my favorite uh remember um dream come true uh disneyland forever uh you name it um uh he did not do the uh illuminations uh reflections of earth uh, but he did do harmonious uh, and they brought him back for this, which is kind of a do-over for Harmonious. Because yeah. I think if Harmonious had done what they wanted, it, we would have seen that for another 10 or 20 years. Uh, but um, the fact that they invested money on making that such a short-lived production um, kind of tells you what the Very guest telling. feedback might have been on that one. And most importantly, we don't have eyesores. No, we have concept art uh, showing lots of fireworks and fountains and things bursting in the air, but we don't have a giant metal ring that's going to sit in the center of World Showcase Lagoon all day and all night. So that is yay. And good news for people doing private events, because I cannot imagine if you are having a dessert party, you know, on the mm -hmm. Italy island and you mm -hmm. have those things in your background of your pictures. Oh, right. Sure, sure. Uh, well, if you want to see and hear a little bit more, there is a first look video up with a link uh, on our website. Uh, and uh, we will see you and a, a billion other Disney fans at Epcot on December 5th. Oh, when, yes. uh, this launches, uh, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel can always help you get there for the show. Uh, all right, even more Disney news. Um, Disney Lookout K at Lighthouse Point is the new private island destination that is launching, uh, welcoming guests uh, in June in 2024. And we have some more information uh, about it. Um, yes, I'm so excited. I love Castaway so much. Uh, I just was working on like a guide to Castaway and kind of went down like a trip down memory lane through my old photos looking there. They do such a great job. If you've you know ever been on a cruise to the private islands, there's a certain intimate feel to Disney's private islands that's a little bit different than Royal, even though I love Royal Caribbeans or Holland uh, America and Princess. Uh, it's just that kind of Disney magic, but in a very relaxed way. Uh I have, I have to absolutely agree. I've done all the major mm -hmm. cruise lines, private islands in the Bahamas, and no one does it like Disney. Um, I, I'm also a big fan of 
MSCs for the opposite reason, because it has hardly any amenities. It doesn't have any kid-friendly anything. It is just like kind of like a deserted island, which I kind yeah. of love. But if you want a, you know, the all-out luxury experience, um, uh, the, you know, with, with Disney quality attention to detail, there's nothing like, uh, you know, ocean, or there, there's nothing like the original um, island except... Their second island, yes. <laughs> uh, which, um, you know, it's similar. It, it's, it kind of looks similar to the way that Alani uh, celebrates Hawaiian culture. Uh, mm -hmm. They really have, have infused Bahamian culture and art and language into uh, this experience, starting with Mabrika Cove, because Mabrika means welcome in uh, the uh, language of the Lucayans which is the First Nations people of the Bahamas before Columbus's arrival. So uh, that is the name they have given to the area where you will uh, disembark the ship uh, and pass through a cultural center, um, which is going to pay tribute to Bahamian art and dance and culture. Yeah, I love this. Uh, when I was reading through, you know, you're going to see costumes, masks, mm -hmm. drumming, dancing, and it's going to, you know, bring a little bit of a flavor of the local culture, which you know, at Castaway, we don't really get that. Uh, in some of the shops, they yeah. have products, some local artisans, but it's not, you know, a celebration of the local culture. So I'm so glad that they're doing that with this new property. Yeah, my, my favorite thing about MSC is that they do a nightly Junkanoo parade. And it sounds oh. like something very similar is going to happen uh, here. Um, in addition, uh, they've, uh, they've also got... Um, masks and costumes that are going to uh, invite you to learn more about uh, the Bahamian, um, the Bahamas Signature Festival. And in addition, there's a second area called Triton's Trumpet Stage, which is going to feature uh, family entertainment throughout the day. Very cool. And then of course, it wouldn't be Disney without shops. So you need a gift shop, <laughs> got to have a gift shop. And if they promise that they're going to spotlight local Bahamian uh, artists. So I'm mm -hmm. sure you can get some really good souvenirs in addition to, you know, all the Disney branded exclusive merchandise, which you also have to buy because that's the only place you can get it, you know? Absolutely. I, you know, I'll be honest. All that stuff sounds great to me. The, the place you will find me though is Serenity Bay. Yes. Uh, when I, <laughs> when I get a Castaway K, uh, you, I pretty much do not leave the adult only area. Um, it's, it's way quieter. Um, it's way more relaxing, uh, and they always have better food. Um, so, uh, this is, thank God going to also be available. Um, there's going to be a, uh, Serenity Bay on Lookout K. Um, it's going to have its own dining area. Yay. And yay. it's also going to have uh, private cabanas available for rental. Very cool. Yeah. See, at Castaway, I am a uh, Pelicans plunge girl. So I love that floating oh, okay. water structure with all the slides. So that's like my spot that I like to go to. But it is very chill at the adults only section. And you are totally right about the food. Oh, my God. The grilled ribeye. That's like the best steak. I think I on the like I love Palos. I love Remy's. But I mm -hmm. always think the best steak I get on a Disney cruise is that open air, like, you know, grilled uh, oh, ribeye. At, um, so classic. At Serenity Bay. Anyway, uh, if you want to visit this for yourself, uh, the Disney Magic is going to be taking the first preview cruise to Lookout K from Fort Lauderdale. That's happening in June of 2024. 
And uh, if you are super excited about this, you are going to want to check out the Disney Fantasy Double Dip Cruises, which have two stops uh, at Lookout K. Uh, one's going out, one's coming back. Um, and MEI and Mouse Fan Travel can help get you there. Very cool. I would love to go there twice. <laughs> yes, I would. I would love. Please, uh, Disney, in invite us. We will write yes. all about it. We'll talk all about it. Um, and finally, a little bit of non-Disney news. Um, the other morning, uh, our uh, publisher, Matt, was so kind to invite me to take a road trip with him at 7 a.m. out to oh. Bush Gardens, Tampa, for uh, an announcement that I passed on. Uh, I, I Sorry, I slept in. Uh, but he was there uh, and reported on all of the things that are new and coming soon to Bush Gardens Tampa in 2024 and uh, starting with a new roller coaster it is quite a lineup yes a uh, new B&M is coming to Bush Gardens Tampa Bay and it'll be the first one to have onboard audio and it's a family coaster so I love to yes. hear that we're, we're getting yes. a lot of family coasters <laughs> Um, so this is uh, an interesting, I'm trying to figure out if this lines up with an existing B&M model or if this is kind of a, a, a new model for them. I haven't been able to find a, a, an exact match in their inventory. Um, this looks similar to uh, rides that Vacoma builds, uh, but right. uh, being B&M, I'm sure it will be much smoother than Vacoma. Um, so it's an inverted uh, coaster, sort of like a, a Batman the Ride or, or Dueling Dragons, for those of us who are older. Um, it's uh, two seats side by side, um, uh, 10 rows per train. Um, so you've got 20 people per train. Um, it's a, definitely a family coaster, top speed of under 45 miles an hour, uh, top height of only 80 feet. It's not doing any inversions, uh, but it's twisting, it's turning, and you're going to have some sort of soundtrack, which is still a secret right now, um, you know, hyping you up as you go along. Uh, the only thing that kind of concerns me about this um, is, you know, they've set a, a minimum height of only 42 inches, which makes it accessible to, you know, tweens. Right. Um, but there's only, they're only buying one train. Uh, and this is a track that's, you know, 1800 plus feet long. Um, so you're, you're going to have a fairly short ride time but it seems like you would want one train on the track and one train right. in the station loading um uh the freedom flyer at um at uh fun spot usa in orlando um has uh it is a very similar ride built by vacoma but stim similar statistics in terms of uh length and capacity uh and they they can't even get 700 people an hour through there i don't think because That's they only really have low, one train yeah. um so uh you know it's it, it kills me that the the bush and the sea world parks keep building attractive rides they you know they build these weenies that can't handle uh the people who who want to come and ride them um so i'm, I'm curious uh, i'd be curious to know the reasoning behind only having one train instead of two um, so, uh, yeah, you might want to, if you want to make this part of your day, head back to Pantopia as soon as it opens, uh, and, uh, make this a priority in your, uh, touring itinerary. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a potential operations, uh, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we see, you know, 
I wouldn't be the first. Wouldn't be no. the first. So, uh, other things that you will find though uh, in Bush this year, right across the street, Adventure Island Water Park. Uh, they recently closed for their season, but when they reopen in 2024, they're going to have a brand new family water play area called Castaway Falls. Uh, it's going to feature 111 different play elements, including a giant, three giant tipping That's buckets. Three? I don't know. If I three, three buckets. You can't, no matter where you go, you are going to get soaked by one of these uh, giant tipping buckets. Over 1,300 gallons of water combined, uh, plus floor, four water slides, soakers, spray jets, uh, you name it. Um, looks like quite the elaborate play area oh yeah i mean i think i've seen maybe two buckets at a place but three yeah. there's yeah. all about and then what i would love to go see is an improved uh kangaloo kangaroo area so this is the kangaroo and wallaby area uh so cute uh and so now it's going to be getting a little bit of a refresher uh, you know i can't believe this opened back in 2010 and yeah. i swear i was there when when this thing opened uh i can't believe it's been 13 years right. uh, so yeah it's time for a fresh coat of paint we don't know the exact details um, but they say it will get a facelift that will help improve its functionality for the team members. So, um, you know, maybe some changes to the, the gates or the infrastructure to help them behind the scenes. Um, cool. On the entertainment side, we've got news of a couple new shows. Uh, an ice skating show is going to be coming back to the Moroccan Palace Theater next year. Uh, that's the big 1,500-seat indoor theater, uh, the park's biggest. Um, it goes back to 1986, and this new show uh, is going to turn up in the summer. Uh, don't really know any details. Um, right now, they're uh, rehearsing the Christmas on Ice show. Um, they've got a show called Turn It Up Remix that's going to run in the spring, but we're going to have to tune back in later to find out what this new summer ice show will be about. Very cool. So I'm imagining like, you know, Royal Caribbean, like they're insane over the top yeah. ice shows. I, I mean, Diz, uh, uh, sorry, Bush Gardens Tampa does have a history of doing some pretty impressive ice mm -hmm. shows. So uh, that should should be a good one to look for. And uh, the other thing that they do great is animal shows and over in the Pantopia Theater. They've got a brand new animal show opening up uh, next week, November 11th. Uh, this one is called Animal Tales. Um, it replaces the previous show, which was called Rescue Tales. Uh, it's a similar show, bringing out animals, interacting with them, telling their stories. Uh, but the previous one was um, dogs and cats, domesticated animals that have been re rescued. Uh, this one is about the uh, wild animals uh, uh, from Africa that uh, are found throughout the park. Yes, and I love what they said about this. So it could be a different show every single time because yeah, they're you never know what you're going to get animals every single time. So which that, I think is really cool. That is the best part about animal shows. That like you know, you know if, if they you know whether it's the animal actor show at Universal or the bird show at Animal Kingdom, it's like it's always better when they don't cooperate. Right. That's, that that's always those are the best shows when they. Don't bro. when they go rogue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, uh, these uh, are all going to be coming out uh, throughout 2024. And we will update you uh, as more information comes out. 
All right, that is going to bring us to the end of our news in the queue. And um, before we get to this week's main attraction, it is time to hear a word from our sponsors. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! You know, there are always rumors in the theme park industry of buyouts and mergers. Uh, you know, uh, Disney's going to be sold to Apple any day now, right? And we hear a lot of these rumors and we're like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, this one I did not have on my bingo card and went no. from rumor to absolutely true overnight. Six Flags and Cedar Fair Parks will merge in 2024, uh, basically creating a giant uh conglomerate that can challenge disney and universal maybe not in terms of quality but definitely in terms of scale and scope 42 Um, theme parks yeah uh, (laughs) a combined portfolio of 27 amusement parks 15 water parks nine resort properties across 17 u.s states plus canada and mexico this is a big one this is a big deal. Um, you know, I yes. I don't think the government seems to care about the theme park industry, so I don't think they're going to see the kind of uh, antitrust lawsuits that if, this, if there was a technology company, if this was like Microsoft and Google merging, um, then I they'd probably say something. But I don't think I did see uh, quite a few people calling for uh, government action from this, though I will say on the socials. I mean, it it this is um, well, you know. Okay, let, before we dig into our opinions, let's let's go over the facts. Uh, yeah. The new company is going to be called Six Flags. So the F- Cedar Fair overall brand, um, which was a, a merger of, uh, I guess, um, kind of two different names, Valley Fair and Cedar mm-hmm. Park, when they originally joined forces. Right. So that kind of brand is now being subsumed, absorbed, uh, under the Six Flags umbrella, because honestly, Six Flags has a much bigger worldwide, uh, you know, name brand uh, recognition, at least. Um, right. But it's the but the interesting thing is it's a majority stake of Cedar Fair, mm-hmm. and Cedar Fair's president and CEO Zimmerman is going yes. to run Six Flags. So it's a little yeah. Confusing. Well, here's the thing. Yes, the 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 Cedar Fair president and CEO is going to. Richard Zimmerman, he's going to be president and CEO of the new combined company. But technically, the CEO still has a boss, which is the board of directors and the chairman of the board. And the executive chairman of the board is going to be the person who's currently the president and CEO of Six Flags. Yes. So they're coming to Charlotte to be now headquartered over Cedar Yes. Yes. So it, it, it is it is very interesting. And there. You know, they talk, uh, I I think it was curious, in a a statement, uh, Zimmerman said, um, uh, it it said that we have an expanded and complementary portfolio of attractive assets and intellectual properties, um, which I can totally get. Um, But, uh, you know, they also talk about a little bit about, um, 
says they share a strong cultural alignment, operating philosophy, and steadfast commitment to providing customers with thrilling experiences. That is a statement uh, from Basul, uh, who is the uh, current head of Six Flags. Um, And I would love to dig into that statement a little, because as someone who has visited, um, you know, a place like a Knott's Berry Farm, and then uh, turned around and gone to a Six Flags Great Adventure, I don't feel that they have the same operating philosophy and cultural alignment necessarily. And I want to know whose culture is going to be, uh, is going to win out in the end. Yeah, I um, definitely thought about this a lot, talked to a lot of people. Um, I did a piece over the weekend where I also chatted to Matt and had him quote some things. Hmm. It is interesting because I am a Cedar Fair girl. I love Cedar Fair parks. I think Mm. ops are pretty decent, uh, but I can tell you full confident, and I'm not going to hide this. I despise Six Flags parks. I never have a good experience. Their operations are terrible. Food and beverage never works out. I am deeply concerned for some of my beloved Cedar Fair parks because I ideally would like them to pull up some of the Six Flags parks, but I'm worried about Six Flags weighing down. If I'm being honest, I mean, that's just, it's, it's hard because I don't know how you can operate this many dozens of parks. And so, so I'm going to, I'm going to start on the bright side. Uh, and uh, the one, one positive thing, possible positive thing um, is that th- they have now a much bigger pool of intellectual properties uh, to pull from. So um, the idea of a, you know, a Knott's Berry Farm or a King's Dominion, uh, you know, being able to play with DC characters or Looney Tune characters. Um, there's some possibilities there. So that's a that's a good thing. Um, but yes, I have the exact same fear as you, fears as you because I grew up, my first uh, theme park experiences were going to Six Flags um, Great Adventure in New Jersey. Um, and I can tell you that during the early eighties, you know, uh, people literally died at that park. And that was kind of some of my formative (laughs) memories. And even as an adult going, you know, going back in the last, uh, decade or so, it's, it's an amusement park. It's not a theme park. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like Cedar fair parks are theme parks, uh, for the most part, and that they are. And that they each have a very distinct regional identity. I feel like a Six Flags is a Six Flags is a Six Flags. And even though one might, you know, say over Georgia or over, over Texas, um, you know, if you just sort of like parachuted blind into one of them and looked around, you might not be able to tell which one you were in. Absolutely. Uh, and then you have Knott's Berry Farm, which, you know, mm-hmm. goes without saying. You have Carowinds, which leans into the Carolinas history. Yes. It is... Uh, like apples and oranges, really. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. very interesting how this is going to work. Uh, I also help, you know, from a employee standpoint, you know, I hopefully this impacts them for the better and not, I don't know, we don't really see often two massive companies merging yeah. and it's all a win-win for a lot of the workers. So, I mean, for the most part, there isn't a ton of regional overlap. Um, there is some um you know but not a, not a lot like mo- for the most part these are 
you know, in different places. Uh, I mean, the closest, I guess, Knott's Berry Farm and Six Flags Magic Mountain. 60 miles, yeah. But still, LA. 60 miles, but like three hours in traffic. You know, you're never going to want to commute from one to the other. Yeah. um, I think the good thing with at least those two parks, those are like iconic for the brands. Mm -hmm. Uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain is probably one of the most well-received Six Flags parks and most Mm well-known and uh, customer feedback is good. Knott's Berry Farm, of course, with the history. So I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think one of the first things they're going to do, just my guess would be to close or sell off some of the smaller or not profitable parks. We know uh, California's Great America, which is the Cedar Fair Park Mm -hmm. outside of San Jose. They had already sold the land and have a 10-year cap. I could totally see that timeline being accelerated Accelerated. next year shutting it down yeah i would i would look for in some of these uh smaller market less profitable places uh look for real estate deals um to happen right Um, but then i i think also largely it's going to go undetected to the average eye you know like a carolyn's which is a high performing cedar fair park I can't see much changing that the average guest would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one question definitely I know people are asking was about uh, season passes because oh. they're currently on sale for next year already mm-hmm. for Six Flags and uh, Cedar Fair Parks. You know, you get that early buy-in and you can go during the winter and next year. So I know some people are like, wow, maybe we'll get a pass that gets us into every park, which would be very cool. I would say don't go buying a an annual pass expecting that to happen. Right. Uh, it will. I, they will live up to whatever the contract that you've signed says, but they're not going to. I don't think they're going to suddenly throw in another twenty no. theme parks for th- free. That would be nice if it happens, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy counting on that. No, but uh, it is definitely interesting, shocking. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm hopeful and excited, but I'm unsure. So this merger is expected to close in the first half of 2024. But like you said, um, I think that initially it will probably be invisible to guests. I think at least, you know, for the first year or so, they'll probably let the existing management teams do what they're doing. Um, But, you know, we will have to see whether a couple of years down the road, you know, whether it's Six Flags really, you know, takes over Cedar Fair or whether Cedar Fair is able to kind of inject more of their philosophy into Six Flags. Yeah, um, I was getting a quote from Matt, our publisher, and he brought up a good point. He's like, I just really hope that they don't just slap existing attractions and replicate them and just throw it into a park. And that's like one of the big steps that they do because hopefully we we want some, you know, fresh new things. Because, well, yeah, I mean, the two things that we know that Six Flags traditionally lo- loves doing with their chain is cloning rides and mm-hmm. rotating rides. They will, you know, build 17 Batman rides and put one in every single park. And then they will have uh, a ride that uh, makes a big splash and then quickly becomes very unpopular in a park. Um, I'm looking at you, the stand-up shockwave. From, <laughs> and then they will rotate it throughout their chain. So it like, you know, can make a splash in a new market and then everyone can learn to hate it over two or three seasons and then they ship it off somewhere else. So I hope that uh, I hope that Cedar Fair doesn't get infected by that. Same. Yeah, I hope, um, you know, like Great Adventure, uh, they'll just not open roller coasters for 
days on end and without any, you know, response or anything, their operations right. are just kind of all yeah. over the place. So I, I mean, that hasn't really been my experience at Cedar Fair Park. So that's, you know, some of the cause of yeah. concerns that many people have. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I can say that I have, uh, I have personally gotten frustrated at Knott's Berry Farm, uh, certain roller coasters, uh, operations, um, watching how slow dispatches can be on a bad day, but nothing is infuriating in what I've experienced at the Six Flags Park. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we shall well, see, I guess, you know. We will, we will, we will, we will definitely see. We will, uh, I guess maybe this time next year, uh, we can take a trip together to Knott's Berry Farm and, uh, see how the changes have affected Fingers it. crossed such a good park all right um well i think that just about wraps up this edition uh before we close this off let's uh take a look back and see if we had any comments uh we had quite a few folks uh chime in uh first of all michael bingham giving a shout out to his mom <laughs> she accidentally used <laughs> his youtube page by mistake sorry yeah, cindy yeah. Uh, glad that you're feeling better. Uh, and Aaron Murphy came back to say hey to me too. Uh, not just Carly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Saying hey to everyone. Um, and, uh, Magic City Mayhem, I appreciate you noticing that I shaved. Uh, my wife didn't notice that I shaved. It was the whole, for 24 hours. You're just like, oh, yeah, you shaved. Okay. Um, and, um, finally, uh, Michael Bingham, who is excited about everything, is even excited about Six Flags and Cedar Fair merging. So let's all just have a little bit of his positivity. Yes, cautiously yeah. optimistic. Ca yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all for joining us. Before we go to, we want to once again thank our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Uh, I want to remind everyone, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to us, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, I will miss you all next week, but uh, Carly will be back with a suitable guest host, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, please be sure to follow us at attractionsmagazine.com. Search for Attractions Magazine on whatever social media platform you are using these days. Carly, where can folks find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Adventures by Carly, and I am on uh, Twitter X at Carly Caramana. I am on uh, all the platforms at S. Kuberski, and you can find me and my books at theunofficialguides.com. And until next week, we hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun, and we will see you next time. Bye!